Nobody has more respect for women than I do. Nobody. Hillary Clinton wants to abolish it, believe me. She wants to abolish our Second Amendment. I think they didn't deny it. I don't think anybody denied it. Other presidents did not call, did write letters, and some presidents didn't do anything. Many people have come out and said, I'm right. You really do have to ask yourself, where does it stop? Hello and welcome to Fallacious Trump, the podcast where we use the insane ramblings of a mouldy tangerine who wished to be king to explain logical fallacies. I'm your host, Jim. And I'm your other host, Mark. A logical fallacy is an error in reasoning that results in bad or invalid arguments. And the logical fallacy we're looking at this week is the broken window fallacy, also known as the Glazier's fallacy. <laughs> of course, not Paul Michael Glazier. No. I suppose. No. 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 So the name okay, for not this the Starsky one fallacy. No. comes from a story that was part of an essay by mid-19th century French economist Frederick Bastiat. Right. The essay was called That Which Is Seen and That Which Is Not Seen, and he talked about a baker's window that gets broken by a child who is either accidentally or on purpose, chucked a rock yeah. through it or something, Right. and the baker is, is quite understandably upset about it. But yeah. the, the kind of passers-by, the, the onlookers, say... No, this is fine because this is this is actually a good thing, because right because you'll have to get a new window, which means you'll have to pay a a glazier to do it. Yeah, yeah, and and therefore that glazier will now have some money that they can use to buy a new pair of shoes, uh, and that cobbler will then have that money that they'll be able to to do something with, and it stimulates yeah. the economy. This broken window, right. And they and so the kid is standing there <laughs> yeah, going, yeah, yeah, like yeah, what yeah, they not, said, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. You, you can let go of my ear now, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, but nobody, nobody mentions anybody going into the baker shop to buy some bread. Yeah, that'd be another way to something. stimulate the economy. Yeah. yeah, no, but ultimately, yeah. Uh, basically, <laughs> yeah. this this fallacy comes down to claiming that something bad that's happened is actually overall, if you think about it, good. When you think about <laughs> it, a couple of things yeah. about it. It's a good thing, yeah. Um, uh, and the thing is, as Bastiat se- separated it out into things which you can see and things which you can't see, and in that example, what you can see is the window needs to get fixed and therefore there's money going into the economy. What you can't right. see is the opportunity cost, the stuff that now can't happen because the baker needs to spend the money having his window fixed. Because the baker had right. that money, yeah. he might have been yeah. planning on using it to buy a new pair of shoes yeah. and put yeah. that money into the economy. But that now yeah. can't happen. And all that the, the money is being spent to do is get us back to where we were before. There's no yeah. progress been yeah. created by, by that money going into the economy, essentially, which it might have done anyway. And if the window hadn't been broken, then he would have had essentially a working window and a new pair of shoes, but now yeah. he can only have a working window. And is that, that the stuff that isn't seen is the stuff that tends to get in political discourse glossed over? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, hazard, it's the stuff that you that would happen if the money was available because it isn't being spent on something else, essentially, yeah. if when you're talking yeah. about economics and economical stuff. Yeah. Um, but it can be, yeah. you know, not exclusively used for economics, but we're going to talk mostly about that. Um, and in fact, our first example, very much so, is yep. is about tariffs. 
This is Trump introducing his tariffs on China. We have right now an $800 billion trade deficit with the world. So think of that. So let's say we have 500 to 375, but let's say we have 500 with China, but we have 800 total with the world. That would mean that China is more than half. So we're going to get it taken care of. And frankly, it's going to make us a much stronger, much richer nation. So Trump's argument with tariffs is that too much stuff is coming in, and in particular steel in this case, coming in from China. Yeah. And so we're not spending that money in the US. We're, we're giving the money to China. He was obsessed with the idea that we're, they're losing that money, despite yeah. the fact they're getting yeah. steel for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and that by putting essentially a tax on those imports, that would encourage people to buy US steel. What he didn't see was the fact that that drives the cost of that steel up. And in fact, since the tariffs were applied in 2018, the, the cost of steel has risen by 57% in the US. Wow. Which is wow. significant. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And what that means is the people who need to buy steel now don't have that money because yeah. they are paying a lot more for their steel. So they don't have that money to buy shoes and, you know, other stuff that they might need that would also stimulate the U.S. economy. Yeah. So he's, yeah, yeah he's creating a problem, essentially, and then saying, oh, no, 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 this is good because it means we're putting more money into the U.S. Actually, that isn't the case. Um, and right. what's right. resulted, because, of, of course, what he's doing with tariffs is taxing the people who are importing it, not the Chinese, yeah. the Chinese didn't have to pay for it. No. So no. the American importers who who get Chinese steel in had to pay money to the government for the joy of importing steel. Yeah. And of course yeah. they charged their kind of downline for that. Yeah. Their, their, um, yeah. 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 And what it resulted in basically was an increase in in well a decrease in the percentage of steel that was used in the US coming from China. It went from about 30% to about 20%. Um, right. So there was an increase in domestic steel production and sale, which resulted in about a 1,000 additional steel manufacturing jobs in the US. Wow. Yeah. But the cost of that steel going up meant that the manufacturing yeah. industry that needed that steel had to spend yeah. its money on steel and couldn't spend its money hiring new employees and increasing right. their right. production. And right. the uh, Federal Reserve Board of Governors reckon that in just a year, that resulted in 75,000 fewer jobs in the manufacturing Whoa. industry. <laughs> so the net loss was 74,000 yeah. jobs in steel. Because the amount of money that wow. ended up being spent by that manufacturing industry that needed to buy a more expensive steel, yeah. the opportunity cost of that was that they could have used that to employ more people and to increase their production and to, to yeah. you know, in, improve their businesses within the US economy. So, wow. yeah, mm, that's yeah. what you don't necessarily see when you're just yeah. looking or, at it. Or and, talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, because they just sold it entirely on the, or he sold it entirely on the basis that this is money we're throwing away. Yeah. We could be spending it in the US, and actually, it wasn't 
true. Some of it got spent in the US. Meanwhile, other manufacturing industries didn't happen. So, yeah, so man, expansion of existing industries didn't happen. But you, but you can't see that. So yeah. that's and that's not as tangible. Surprisingly, yeah. economics yeah. can be a bit complicated. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> more complicated yeah. than that. Yes, those kind of yes, un, unintended consequences. Yeah. yeah, which which are not well. They might have been explored. I suspect they were explored in great depth. But you know, Trump's not going to. Yeah, not by not him. Great in depth is not. You know, yeah. no, he would have just gone. Yeah, but. We've got no amount of, as well, we know, I mean, having because he doesn't, he never understood tariffs at no. the most basic level. No, he or, he or is, even the deficit trade no. deficit. He oh, never, right. never realised that. <laughs> I mean, uh, he, de- he he maintained, and I I think he believed that the Chinese would en- would be harmed, that they would be yeah. paying the tariffs because he doesn't understand what tariffs really are. No, um, but yeah, the trade deficit. He was saying how it was like nearly eight hundred billion in when he made that speech, uh, which is which is pretty accurate actually. It was the the, the oh, goods trade yeah. deficit at least, not counting services because services yeah. I think were in surplus at the time. Um, in over twenty seventeen was uh, seven hundred and ninety two billion. Um, so yeah. yeah, about right. Of course, that went up. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. It didn't. It didn't come down the entire <laughs> no. time he was president. It went up to no. nine hundred and eleven mid uh, billion um, by right. the time he left office. So, right. so all of his efforts to reduce the the U.S. trade yeah. deficit, which he he was convinced was a really terrible thing, it it went up and up and up. In fact, three of the four most uh, expensive, essentially, deficits in in U.S. history were under Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Wow! Wow! Yeah. Yeah. So not only did he not understand it, he did nothing to fix it. Mainly because he didn't understand it. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 And yeah. because he had people like Peter Navarro um, <laughs> advising yeah. him. Yeah. <sighs> Who? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so our second example from Trump world, at least. Yeah. In fact, the, the, there's kind of two examples on the same kind of theme, and it's all about the abortion bills and and banning abortions. Right. Uh, the yeah. first comes from uh, Mississippi Attorney General Lynn Fitch, who appeared on a pro-life YouTube channel slash radio show, I think, um, right. to talk about how banning abortions actually, it, when you think about it, empowers yeah. women. And just think about the uplifting, uh, the changing of direction for, again, these new babies we bring in, these women. And everyone knows it's all right. It's acceptable. You can have these beautiful children and you can have your careers. And so that really gets us into how do we empower women? So her, mm-hmm. her, her hateful, awful argument is that yeah. in the 50s, women were, were forced yeah. to choose between having a child and having a career. But now, right. by banning abortions, we're going to remove that that pesky need to choose, um, yeah. because because you can have both now. You've got you've got to have yeah, both. Now. Yeah, essentially, yeah. you don't you have to not. choose between yeah. children and a career. You yeah. get your kids whether you like it or not, and you have to work to support work them. To support. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because God knows that the state isn't going to support yeah. them. And look how yeah. empowering that is. Mm-hmm. Fuck off. Yeah. 
Yeah. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, in Texas, yeah. Attorney yeah. General Ken Paxton filed a, a response to the Department of Justice's uh, complaint, basically trying to get the, the Texas SB8, the, the abortion yeah. ban, kind of overturned. Um, and, and in his brief, he said that part of the benefit of the bill is that in forcing women to travel out of state to get abortions, they're actually stimulating interstate commerce. So isn't that a cool thing? (laughs) That's a cool thing, because it means they've got to use the trains, they've got to to eat on the trains, they've got to stay in hotels when they're out there. Yeah, they've got to, you know, make use of mental health counselling services. (sighs) What? What the... (laughs) So, Jeez, yeah, it's that kind of twisted, you know, d- double helix ways of trying to ex- to find something good out of it. Yeah, uh, yeah, and of course, yeah. I mean, basically, it's gone from uh, before SB eight took place. Most Texas women had access to a to an abortion clinic within a twenty four mile round trip from their home. Mm-hmm. Now. Women have to travel on average 496 huh. miles round trip. Wow. To get to an abortion clinic out of state. Wow. Because Texas is fucking huge. Yeah. It's the size yep. of France. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Get of course, of they have to, France. to yeah. drive a fuck of a long way to get yeah. somewhere. And, I mean, if, if yeah, okay. That is good for gas stations and train services and and the, the hotels near abortion yeah. clinics in Oklahoma, but that's not really the point. No, it's it's kind of it's it's it. There's something in about the selling of the good reasons, which almost makes it. This is the reason why we're do, we've done it. You know, we've and I'll touch on that in in my section. But there's you know there's this sense that. Yeah, it's fine because here are all the good things. This is why we've actually done it because it's uh, we're going to stimulate interstate travel. We're yeah. going to give people the the ability to both have children and work. You know, whereas before it was you you didn't have that. You could choose otherwise, or you you know you had to choose one or the other, and that and it's just who buys it? Who buys this stuff except for? It's something a bit well, certainly in Boris Johnson's case, it's something about kind of convincing his own party or convincing himself that they're doing the right thing. And you, you can just well, maybe it's just you and I, but we can <laughs> spot that spin happening. You can see the the cogs whirring. You're thinking, okay, how are we going to explain this away? How are we going to spin this so that is it? You know, that's it's the. How are we going to make this look like a glass half full? Yeah, yeah, and it's and, and and often it's not even portrayed as a kind of silver lining or a or you know the upside to a to a generally negative thing. It is yeah. it is like no no this this thing that everyone's saying is terrible. It's good actually. It's not yeah. just neutral or not bad. It's positive yeah. overall because of these and things. We sh- and and it's almost the reason we did it. Yeah. And it and what it does is is appease our pricking consciences that we've what we've done is a, is a terrible you know you would hope at some human level when they've gone home and they've taken off the mask of political uh 
balderdash that they just sit there in their in their lazy boy recliner going oh my god i've done a terrible thing <laughs> i've got i need to come up with something so i can lie to myself that it's all right you know, I get the sense yeah, that, that being overly that's generous towards them personally. Right. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, oh, yeah. There is that. Yeah, yeah. It just seems I don't to think that... they have that level of conscience. Personally. No, no. I was just hoping that that might be the case, but no. And now is the time I think for Mark's British politics corner. Well, the first example I've got for, and I suspect this is the the entire reason for Jim doing this <laughs> this as, as the theme because he found this example. Um, and it's from a Boris Johnson interview with the BBC's Laura Kunzberg in December 2020, which is on the eve of the EU withdrawal agreement, which is his so-called oven-ready deal, coming into force on January the 1st, 2021. And Boris, as always, refuses to acknowledge what is patently obvious to the rest of the planet. And this time he's refusing to acknowledge that there will be um, new tra- new trade barriers when dealing with the EU and Laura spells out some of those. There'll be more checks at the borders on animals and plants. If you're a musician who wants to go and perform in some European countries, you'll have to get a work permit, which you don't now. You'll need more par- more paperwork if you want to take your dog on holiday. It's not true that there will not be more barriers. Now, you've got more political control, but you can't sit there and say that there won't be extra there friction. Will be, there will be changes. And we've been very clear with people that they have to get ready for, for January the 1st. The things will, will work differently. But from the point of view of UK exporters, for instance, they'll now have the advantage uh, that they'll only have one set of forms they have to, uh, to fill out for export to around the whole world. So there is ever the optimist slash bullshitter. He's kind of spun it saying, ah, yeah, you see, there are, there will be trade. No, you said no. There won't. There aren't trade barriers. There, are no, no, there will be changes. There are changes, and we've been very clear to tell people that they need to prepare for these changes. Nobody knew what they were, and you know, many businesses were saying, "Okay, we can prepare all you like, but we don't know what we're preparing for." Tell us what it is it's with your oven ready deal. This because nobody fucking knew what it was, least of all the people that wrote it. Yeah, there and, was like there was a, a spate of internet ads and I think probably TV ads as well in the run-up to the withdrawal agreement yeah. actually taking place yeah. where they were saying, is your business ready for Brexit? And everyone was like, exactly. we've yeah, got no fucking Brexit. idea. Got do. We have no idea. No, we don't. It's, it's coming, but we just uh-huh. don't, we don't know how to prepare for it. Cause, so what he's, what he's basically saying, they have the advantage now, is even the audacity to say it's an advantage that now they've only got one set of forms to fill out. Whereas before, they didn't have to fill out any for Europe <laughs> yeah. at all, you know, and businesses are absolutely grateful to him for that. Not at all. That's the thing. Whereas, Beforehand, yeah. they had only one set of forms anyway, because if yeah. they wanted to export outside of the EU, they had to fill in the forms. Yeah, whereas some businesses did. Yeah, they, absolutely. They, if you only they, export to, to, to France to and Europe. Italy, you didn't yeah. have to do a form. <laughs> No, not at all. But now you've got to do the same form as if you're exporting to Iceland or or the Antarctic <laughs> or Australia. You know, you just got that's it. It's just the same form. Yeah. Use that one uh, now for France. Yeah. Whereas before uh, you didn't have to do anything. Somehow. But that's a yeah, yeah. It's a plus because it's just one form. That's not even true either because there's not one. Oh set yeah, of forms. fuck me. It's a. You it's know, a. That's it, yeah. From what I've read, at least from people who have started having to fill these out now it is yeah it is a 
logistical yeah. nightmare to actually get the stuff. And, it's and not one Peter, form. Peter, and many businesses are going, oh, fuck it, I'm not going to get in bother doing it anymore because it's just too much. Or, or the people will move their businesses to Europe. I think we talked about that in the previous episode where some businesses have moved their headquarters to Europe and that's been spun in the press as thumbing the nose at yeah. Europe. They go, oh, yeah, see, this is how you get around having to do all this complicated bloody bureaucracy to deal with Europe. How is that? Move your business to Europe. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, if they could just get the fucking Northern Ireland thing sorted out, people oh. could just move to Northern Ireland. Then they'd... Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all in the but, middle of the English But channel. surprise, surprise, yeah. as I've been saying for years, there isn't a yeah. solution to that. To the Northern Ireland no. Protocol. Oh, fuck. No. No, there isn't. Because it's... No, it's there isn't. It's just... And, yeah, it's not a thing that has an answer. everybody in the world knows that. And the EU knows it. And what, what will happen is the, the EU will just not enforce it. There will be a temporary arrangement that lasts forever. And they will just kind of stop looking at it. But if David Frost, the Brexit minister, could just stop poking it and leave it alone, they will just go... Yeah, all right. We'll just we know that we'll we'll just ignore that bit because no, it's madness. So example two, um, not was done, notwithstanding that the UK still has the second highest COVID infection rate in the world, Boris would have us believe that that crisis is over. But Nick Robinson on the BBC Today programme on the fifth of October pointed out that just as we were beginning to dare to hope that that might be coming to an end. Along come signs of another crisis with empty pumps and empty shelves and warnings of the return of a wage and prices spiral. Do you believe that this is a crisis? No, I think that on the contrary, what you're seeing with the UK economy and the, indeed the global economy is very largely in the supply chains, the stresses and strains that you'd expect from a, a giant waking up. And it's primarily a shortage of labour, which is, which is after all a sign of economic robustness, uh, that the market is demanding uh, labour in the way that it, that it is. <laughs> so this is... So there's one, there's one in there. This is the kind of the precursor to what acts of the significant uh, appearance on the Today programme by the Prime Minister. The first time he'd been on BBC's flagship um, investigative journalist news slot for two years. Not that it was a very investigative journalistic question to say, do you believe that this is a crisis? Yeah. Of course he's going to fucking say it's no. the most basic thing. Do you it's acknowledge written. there is a problem? That's the first step, yeah. isn't it, in trying to yeah. solve anything? You yes, have exactly. to accept yeah, there's a rather problem. Rather than saying, do you, do you believe this crisis? No, 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 no. It's not a problem. No, no. And actually, so it's significant that it's the fifth, because the following day is the start of the Tory party conference. And um, so at which point Boris is going to make uh, yeah, at which conference he's going to make a, a keynote speech. And this is the setup. It's important that they kind of sort this stuff out because the crisis is happening. We had the, the fuel shortage at the petrol stations. We had the supermarket shelves being empty and nobody could cook anything that they couldn't get to the supermarket to buy anyway because there was no gas to heat the stuff because that there was a gas shortage. And... Also, he's put in there, actually, the the shortage is indicative of the market being successful. Yeah. 
It's a robust, it's a robust economy wow. if you can't get workers. Wow. If you can't get workers, <laughs> if you can't get things delivered, that's because there's a great demand. Yeah, and of course, the reason you can't get workers is because they won't let all the workers in the country anymore. <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah, because the workers exactly. were from Europe. Yeah, yeah. So I think that this, so this whole supply chain, fuel shortage, food shortage, cooking gas shortage has had the Tory party spin doctors working overtime employing the broken window fallacy. And it was key because, as I say, it's happening all ahead of the party conference. So Boris's speech on the 6th of October expanded on the same theme he started to sell Nick Robinson. We are embarking now on a change of direction that has been long overdue in the UK economy. We're not going back to the same old broken model with low wages, low growth, low skills and low productivity, all of it enabled and, in, and assisted by uncontrolled immigration. And the answer to the present stresses and strains, which are mainly a function of growth and economic revival, is not to reach for that same old lever of uncontrolled immigration, to keep wages low. The answer is to control immigration to allow people of talent to come to this country, but not to use immigration as an excuse for failure to invest. And that is the direction in which this country is going now, towards a high-wage, high-skill, high-productivity, and yes, thereby, a low-tax economy. That that is what the people of this country need and deserve. So it's not a crisis. What, it, what this is is an indicator of the Conservative Party's underlying policy. It isn't a crisis, but it's a way for the Tory party to sell the advantage of having them in power because they can fix the economy mm-hmm. that previous governments had left in tatters. Kind of the bit that's, that is unspoken is that his party has been in power for the last decade, and if it was in tatters, they did the tattering. And also, it's another chance to underline the Tory party's anti-immigration stance to appease the right-wing voters. The problem is it had nothing to do with unfettered immigration, but was down to freedom of movement and the right to work anywhere in the EU when the UK was part of the EU. It wasn't immigrants coming in and taking taking these jobs from thousands of people. If that was true... Where where are the thousands of people who are going, oh, yeah. thank God for that, they've gone. I can now go back to my job as a haulage driver and, and get on with delivering, which I couldn't do because they came over here and took my job. So it's not, none of it is true. So it's, it's... It really reminds me of kind of the alternative medicine people who who sell you something that doesn't work and then it, when you start to get worse, they say, oh, well, that's right. proof it's working. That, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, you're, yes. you're supposed oh, God, to. Yes. You're supposed to get worse at yeah. first. That yeah. shows it's working. Yeah. Yeah. There's. A, oh no. That's called a Herx reaction uh-huh. in the in the world of alternative medicine. You take this. You take the stuff that's supposed to cure you. It doesn't work. But it, and what you get is you get worse because that's a Herx reaction. And I don't know what that's short for, but it just means that there's a all the toxins are being triggered by Mm -hmm. you taking this stuff and they will therefore make you feel worse and eventually they will get void voided out of your body if you continue to take the stuff it's you know or you can just stop taking it because if yeah if you get if you improve at all 
that's proof it works. Yeah. If you get yeah. worse, that's also proof it works. Proof it works. Yeah, yeah, quite. And, you know, and the, and the thing is that, the, and that's kind of the Tories' stance because they're saying they will take, what he's implying there is they will take credit for the economy becoming a high-wage, high-skilled, you know, low-tax economy. They will take credit for that, but they're not going to do anything to fix it. What they're going to do is nothing. They're going to have businesses fix it by investing and upping wages and all that kind of stuff. So they're saying this crisis isn't a crisis, actually. All these shortages, they aren't shortages. What it is is an indication that we, the government, are going to re revivify the economy that's been in the doldrums for the past decade under under the same political party as the one I'm in, but we'll gloss over that way. And that's the message. That's the, the, the good stuff to take forward. Because, and you think it's a genius bit on part of their PR to actually take all of this shit that's going on and spin it in such a way that it makes them look good. It makes them look like they've got a, uh, a cohesive, well-thought-out, eco- economic-driven <laughs> policy. Well, that, well that's, that's their intent. It doesn't, though. No, not least. Not least. Not if you're paying any attention at all. No, not if you're paying any attention. Also, because a week later, um, ministers, same ministers, announced a consultation on a plan to increase deliveries in the UK by temporarily temporarily changing the so-called cabotage rules, and that governs how many trips foreign transport firms can make with another country. Basically, what it means is that a foreign firm can make deliveries to the UK, but they can only make two in any fortnight. So they were going to relax those rules so you could make as many as you like for as long as you like. So which is fundamentally because what happened was prior to that, they were going to give EU haulage drivers v temporary visas up to Christmas Eve you know, one's, one espies the fact that the Tory party wouldn't be able to survive if Christmas was cancelled again. So they said, yes, what we'll do is we will allow, we'll have all these temporary visas to allow people to come into the UK and work here, basically, freely, like they used to when we were part of the EU. Yeah. And, that was uh, rubbish, though. <laughs> that was, oh, no, that was rubbish. And, uh, you know, and this is no that. admission of the fact that they've gone home because we've made a hostile environment as a result of our other policies. We have no admission of that, but we're just going to extend this thing. The problem is that they, only about 20 people have taken them up. Yeah. Literally, because why would you do? Nobody wants it. Well, yeah, that. quite. You know, why would you want to do that? It's been you know, made that, very oh, yeah. clear you're not welcome. Yeah. There. Yeah. <laughs> so let's go back and work there. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, and literally run the gauntlet, you know. So anyway, they um, they've changed this, going to change this rule. And the irony is not lost on Rod McKenzie, the managing director of policy and public affairs at the Road Haulage Association. Well, the government's been talking about a high wage, high skill economy and not pulling the lever marked uncontrolled immigration. And this is exactly what it looks like, allowing overseas haulage companies and drivers to come over for you know, perhaps up to six months on a fortnightly basis to do unlimited work at low rates, undercutting UK hauliers. So fundamentally, the thing that they were 
touting as the good thing that we've got no haulage drivers from Europe anymore is because it means that the haulage industry has to invest in uh, their drivers and their the services that they provide for their drivers and upping the wages and all that kind of stuff. That's the good thing that was coming out of the this complete lack of haulage drivers and the consequent en- uh, empty shelves in supermarkets. But as Rod McKenzie points, points out, well, they've just gone completely back on that. Yeah. And, you know, but they will spin that. There will be a... So keep your eyes peeled, keep your ears to go, listeners, because what, what will happen is that that will get spun as, well, this way we've managed to make sure that we've... Uh, got across the temporary it's always temporary it's either temporary or it's global (laughs) it's neither and um got past the temporary shortfall and we will continue to have christmas so you know keep voting for us and if you could stand it we'll put the link to the show notes his entire conference speech the whole what did i describe after the whole (laughs) no no that is i described it as the whole bollocky crowd pleasing insubstantial rhetoric thing and it's just, and he and he invokes Margaret Thatcher at the end. You know, if in doubt, it's either Churchill or Thatcher. So he did Thatcher, and Thatcher was the one that said, "Yeah, we should join the EU. Of course, we bloody should." The the single market, it's right next door. It's the biggest trading block in in the Western yes, world. Have to be an Why idiot wouldn't not be to think that? Yeah, a good idea. not to. <laughs> yeah. So we and she was the one that went in of you know much to the chagrin of members of her party obviously so yeah and you know the the problem is that lesser men invoke her greater vision in order to paper over their tiny viewpoints you know short-sighted self-serving narcissistic stuff Nick Lowe there, of course, with I Love the Sound of Breaking Glass. <laughs> Excellent. So, in the Fallacy in the Wild, we like to talk about the Fallacy of the Week from a non-political perspective, and our first example this week comes from the Fifth Element. Oh, yeah. And this is a fairly kind of on-the-nose description of the Fallacy, yeah. almost, yeah. from yeah. Jean-Baptiste Emmanuel yeah. Zorg, the Gary Oldman character, yeah. uh, explaining yeah. to his daddy and home, uh, why actually he's not all about destruction, he's about good stuff. Life, which you shall nobly serve, comes from destruction, disorder, and chaos. Now take this empty glass. Here it is, peaceful, serene, boring. But if it is destroyed, look at all these little things. So busy now. Notice how this one is useful. What a lovely ballet ensues, so full of form and color. Now, think about all those people that created them. 
technicians, engineers, hundreds of people who will be able to feed their children tonight so those children can grow up big and strong and have little teeny-wing children of their own and so on and so forth, thus adding to the great chain of life. You see, Father, by creating a little destruction, I'm in fact encouraging life. So, apart from the fact that Zorg is being a little bit uh, economical with the truth when he says a little destruction is all he's creating, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah he's but he's essentially just doing exactly this fallacy because yeah. he is saying that by breaking a glass and then his little kind of rumbas come out and and clean it all up. Yeah. Uh, he's stimulating the economy because um, you know they those rumors had to be built by technicians and engineers and people, yep. and yep. and so they having having got the money for that now get to spend it on stuff which means they can have a family and things like that. Ignoring the fact that he's already bought the little rumba things, so breaking a glass yep. just gives the rumbas something to do. Doesn't do. yeah. doesn't actually yeah. stimulate the economy at all. They didn't have to send out for somebody <laughs> yeah. to go make one. Yeah, yeah. What he is doing is ignoring the fact that that glass cost money, and in and in yep. ultimately having to replace replace that glass, he is spending money to get back to where he was before. He hasn't yep. increased the overall progress of society in any way by spending yeah. that money and now he doesn't have that money to spend on something else and it's yeah. it's yeah. essentially it's breaking glass so yeah 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 there you go and that's that's actually that message of yeah we're going to just get back to where we were before all this got broken is the depressingly awful thing that Boris Johnson that underlines Boris yeah, Johnson's speech yeah. because because not and more because they were the ones that broke it in the first place you know, he goes on in the speech to talk about the fact that yeah we need to invest in the police force and all this stuff because crime on the streets is awful blah, blah 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 they were the ones that cut the police force yeah so they're just doing all the, and this fallacy is invoked a lot of times by people who are talking about um natural disasters like hurricanes mm. or earthquakes and things like that or even yeah by economist paul krugman after 9-11 saying that you right. know, we will have to rebuild. We have to, you know, this actually stimulates the economy because money has to go into the economy to, to do all of the rebuilding needed um, yeah. to get us back to where we were beforehand. So our second example in this section comes from The Simpsons, Yay. an episode where uh, Homer has been um, trying to get tickets for a, a game at the Shelbyville Stadium. <sighs> <laughs> I did it. Second in line, and all I had to do was miss eight days of work. With the money you would have made working, you could have bought tickets from a scalper. In theory, yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Homer slept outside the stadium for eight days. He's second in line, um, and and yeah, he missed work, so he didn't earn that money. Um, yep. And as the uh, the passerby points out, or well, you could have just bought the tickets <laughs> if you'd gone to work. Yeah. Uh, what what ends up happening then is the is the person who's at the front of the line is a scalper and buys up all the tickets for the game, so Homer doesn't even get the ticket, <laughs> and ends up without the money as well. So yeah, uh, yeah, this is this is just kind of illustrating the opportunity cost thing. Really, it is yeah. that yeah, he he missed out on all of that money that he could have earned 
because he was trying to do it one way um, and he doesn't think about the fact that he's lost all that money that he could have used to buy a ticket. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he said, but it's... But it's kind of there when somebody points it out and you just go, oh, yeah. <laughs> In yeah. theory, yeah. I yes. knew that all along, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're going we're gonna to play fake news, folks. I love the game. It's a great game. I understand the game as well as anybody. As well as anybody. Yes, it's time for fake news, the game where I read out three Trump quotes, two of which are real and one I made up, and Mark has to figure out which one is fake news. See, I've worked out that actually losing, as, as often as I do, is a good thing really, because what it does is just provide hilarious entertainment. That's true. I can't fault yeah. that, yeah. No. Yeah. If, yeah, if, if that was... And it makes true, uh, true listeners who, yeah. who have a better record than you feel good about themselves. So. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah. that's the only way. <laughs> and, and, and that is apart from, you know, the fact that I've been outwitted... I assume, to, I'm assuming seven times out of... All, all the listeners, are, you know, play along with this game. As they listen, I'm yeah. sure they do. So yeah. and and keep a tally, of course, of how well they're doing, so they know yeah, yeah. whether and they're I'm up, sure it's up out, at fifty percent or not. Yeah, and it's outstripping me. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, exactly. So yep. our theme this week is actually uh, a recent Trump rally because he started doing rallies again in Iowa. Yeah, uh, last yeah. week, and he he went on an extended. I'm gonna say rant. But it wasn't really a rant because mm-hmm. it was kind of he was quite positive about it uh, about oh, okay. about his new slogan that uh, right, for, for right. his new election campaign that he hasn't announced yet but keeps yeah. hinting at. He's just he's just trying to earn enough money to pay off the 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 lawyers so that he can actually legitimately run, you know. And as we'll find out later, yeah, he, yeah the, that 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 amount of money is going up and up and up and up. So hopefully we won't ever be able to afford to run. But yeah, his yeah. his talk about it went on for a while because he right. was. Um, I, d- I mean, it he got into a groove. I, I just assumed his followers wouldn't be able to understand when he explained it the first time. I don't know. Oh, okay. But okay, here we go. So, uh, so this is all. All three are him explaining yeah. his new slogan. Oh, what? Um, <laughs> so statement number one. <laughs> right. As everybody here knows, my new slogan was going to be Make America, remember this, remember, it was supposed to be something a little different than Make America Great. It was supposed to be Keep America Great, but America's not great right now, so we're using the same slogan, Make America Great Again, and we may even add to it, but we'll keep it, Make America Great Again Again, because we already did it, right? We're going to Make America Great Again Again. Okay, that's... (laughs) That's just the first one. That's clear, right, because we already did it, so... Right, okay, but if we already did it, why isn't it great now, and why don't we... Yeah, okay. Well, I can see why he had to say it several times, because yeah. I'm not clear. State, statement number yeah. two, just to clarify. <laughs> right. It was just going to be Keep America Great, because we made it great. Our military was rebuilt, our economy was great, our job numbers were the best, we had the best country we've ever had, and in nine months, little more, they've destroyed our country. So I can't say Keep America Great, so I'm back to Make America Great Again, dot slash comma, again. Make America Great Again, again. I don't know, what do you like better? Really, if you think about it, it's more accurate. (laughs) Yeah. He's not a natural spin doctor, is he? <laughs> no. You know, that kind of... Yeah, yeah. It's more accurate. Going, he's yeah, kind of workshopping it kind of, in real time. 
yeah yeah so well it reminds me it reminds me of the uh the cut 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 yeah cut, yeah yeah cut cut Absolutely. cut thing yeah i wanted to call it that yeah so yeah. statement number, number three, three just in case you didn't get in it in case you haven't got it yet two. right you see we already made it great the first time and keep america great would have been good but now it has to be make america great again again because we have to fix all the stuff the Democrats are doing now and get back to where we were. So make America great again, again. We might need bigger hats, but that's okay. It's really, if you think about it, a better slogan. I like it a lot. It's make America great again, again. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to need bigger hats. That's great. You see, I quite like that. But that, that might be more of a Jim than a Trump. Might need bigger hats, but that's okay. Okay, but then it'll be Magar. <laughs> what it? Magar hats. Mm. Um, okay, I. Mm, uh, it's uh, it's you've added to the trickiness because they're all very similar and they could all they're all equally possible, but where in the slew of explanation are the real ones? Uh, I think the dot slash comma. It's the one. If really, if you think about it, it's more accurate. But it's got, and if you think about it in there, which is a might be a a Jim Tell. Uh, okay, oh, fix. Yeah, so there's got to be a. It's got to be a dig at the Democrats in there. Okay, right. I I think that. I think number three is the one you made up. Okay. Uh, of the other two, yep. which are you more convinced by? Uh, uh, number one, I think. Because we already did it. We're going to make America great again. Okay. Again. Yeah. Uh, number one is yeah. Yeah. real. As everybody here knows, my new slogan was going to be make America. Remember this. Remember? It was supposed to be something a little different than make America great. It was supposed to be keep America great. But America's not great right now, so we're using the same slogan, make America great again. And we may even add to it, but we'll keep it. Make America great again again, because we already did it, right? We're going to make America great again again. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't make any sense at all. We're gonna make America great again. It might even it might even add to it, but we'll keep it. Well, which is it? it. We'll keep it. Make America keep great again, again, yeah. because we already did it. <laughs> well, you did. Well, you didn't. But no. It, oh God, that's awful, isn't it? And it's just it's that depressing bloody. He's a non-comic playing to an. A non-comedy audience. Okay, <laughs> my new slogan was going to be "Make it, Make America." Remember this? He's kind of doing the whole. I'm going to feed it to you, then take snatch it away at the last minute. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Th- no, that was just he'd forgotten oh, what right. his slogan was. He, <laughs> I, I'm absolutely convinced he was about to say yeah. my slu- my new slogan was going to be "Make America Great," and then he thought, no, it wasn't. Um, and then he <laughs> has to he has to add in a little kind of verbal tick before he can yeah. continue as if he hadn't made a mistake. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what he was yeah. doing there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. you also think yeah. number two is real? And yeah. number two yeah. is yeah. real. 
It was just going to be keep America great, because we made it great. Our military was rebuilt, our economy was great, our job numbers were the best. We had the best country we've ever had, and in nine months, a little more, they've destroyed our country. So I can't say keep America great, so I'm back to make America great again. Dash, slash, comma, again. Make America great again, again, I don't know. What do you like better? It's really, you think about it, it's, if you think about it, it's more accurate. So good. Again, I don't know. It he hasn't got a clue. Make, make, I don't know, I'm just making this shit up as I go. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think? doesn't make any difference. I could just go, you know, same old shit again. People would go, yeah, 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 S-O-S-A. I've got a, I've got a saucer hat. What's that? Say? Same shit, different year. Same, that would be, same, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Same, same shit, different year. S-S-D. S-D. You've got, yeah. Oh, man. So I think it was the, yeah, it was the slash comma uh, again that sold it to me. The, yeah. Uh, Despite the fact they had, oh, you see, you put if you think about it in both of those. Yeah. Oh, mm. very good, yeah. very good. Yeah, yeah. The bigger did he go on? Did he go on and say it for you. a third time? No, yeah. that was uh, it. Was yeah. No, <laughs> he did. No, no. He did keep going for a little bit longer no. than that. It wasn't. That wasn't the end of it. But yeah. <laughs> that was, yeah, it's the obvious thing, isn't it? But might be bigger hats. Yeah, but that's a better joke than than he is capable of making because yeah. it's actually funny. <laughs> yeah, wow. Got to got to watch myself making funny jokes. That's yeah, the problem. <laughs> well, no. And now it's interesting how he started up again. That it, it is just the same old shit. Mm-hmm. Same old shit again. Oh, yeah, it was an hour and forty five minutes he talked for, and the vast what? majority of it was the same old shit. That he was talking about, for yeah, yeah, mostly yeah. about how the election Whoa. was stolen from him. But, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. So, God, and how it's very little, you know, and it's not clear about how they destroyed the country, not at all. No, it doesn't, no. doesn't go into that, no, no, of course not, because you know, he hasn't decided yet. So, and he's just going to wait until the the crowd tell him what it is, yeah, and away he goes. I mean, it's, it's just, yeah, that whole. The whole shtick, it's, you can hear the echoes of it with, Carl oh, Christ, no, don't let him go back in, because <laughs> that will just, Boris will just find more things to copy. You know, he's, do, yeah. he's doing the, the same shtick to the, to the Tories, coming up with a new, a new slogan, which is, yeah, we're building a stronger and more robust economy, glossing over the fact that... You know, well, if if you're having to make America great again, 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 well, you didn't do it last time, and if you're saying we're going to make the economy better than any other government previously, you just glossed over the fact that you were the government previously. <laughs> uh, yeah, yep. all yep. of which means yep. that you yep. won again. Yay! So you oh, are right. for the first time above fifty oh percent. Woohoo! Thirty. Eight out of seventy-five, which rounds up to fifty-one percent. So look at that. There you go. Fantastic. Impressive stuff. Yeah. All righty. Yes, it's time for the part of the show that this week, at least, is called Alex Jones is not a logical fallacy, because uh, well, I mean he's lost another two lawsuits. Um, yeah. that have been from, from parents of Sandy Hook children for defamation because 
basically couldn't be bothered to to do the paperwork. Any paperwork <laughs> to say that he was in the right all along. Yeah, he's yeah. been putting yeah. it off and off and off, and the yeah. and the the other side's lawyers have been continuing to kind of nicely ask and give him longer and longer deadlines to to yeah. give his discovery that is kind of court mandated. Um, and and in the end, the court just went no that it, you've had long enough now, so yeah. we're just going to make a default judgment um, and say uh, they win, you lose, uh, and yeah. now they it's up to a, or it will be up to a jury when they're convened to decide how much he owes the um, wow. the parents of the uh, the Sandy Hook victims. So wow, yeah, good. So, I mean, in that time, you could have made yeah, good. <laughs> In that time, what is it like? Nine years or something? Uh, the the lawsuits have been going on since it? Sandy Hook. Yeah, no, the yeah the lawsuits. Been yeah, yeah. I, I think it's since two thousand and fourteen. He started right. so saying how fake it all was and how I mean, it never really. At that happened. time, you could you could make some stuff up, or you know, you could at least find some evidence to back up <laughs> your assertions. Surely. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing is, he has he has admitted during that time that because um, some of his his depositions have been uh, caught on well, not caught on video, were like were videoed and released. Well, yeah, yeah, it sounded yeah. like it was kind of accidentally, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it, he's admitted that um, he he hasn't. I don't think admitted that he caused the parents harm in some way but he has admitted right. that he was wrong when he said that right. um it didn't happen he he accepts now fate. that yeah. it was a real tragedy and people died and um he's claimed various things like he's claimed that he i mean the thing he's had a lot of different lawyers in the, in these cases right right um yeah. i don't know to what extent that has been because they've got pissed off with him and decided to dump him or that they or that he's fired them because they wouldn't say what he wanted them to say or what yeah but he's claimed at various points that um his kind of persona on his show is is just that and it's not really how what he believes and things like that he's also claimed that he was um under some kind of psychosis at the time yeah where he just (laughs) Yeah, absolutely, but but he claims that was temporary. He's not still. Oh, oh okay. All oh, right, right. But um, right. but yeah, that he at one point just kind of believed any uh, conspiracy that came along, uh, because yeah. because of the media, because the media lie to oh, okay. you so much that you don't know what to believe. Therefore, right. Uh, when they yeah. said there'd Therefore, been a school he shooting, in... he immediately yeah. didn't believe that. And oh, okay. made a show and, about and how it was all. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and in the and in the media, continued to lie to people. Mm. Yeah, he didn't kind of think. Okay, mm. yes, despite the fact that many people died and there was evidence to that, he still thought that they were actors and it was all staged. Yeah. He went into quite a significant detail on how it definitely didn't happen. Yeah, because because he didn't know what to believe, according right. to him. So so yeah. yeah, not from not knowing what to believe, he believed by default that that was a false it was, flag. It was something other than yeah yeah, yeah. which a, is super. A, but a false weird. flag to to what to what end? I mean, that was 
if it's that it's, it's not just applying Ockham's razor, but no. well, it is. I mean, you, that you would, would just be a kind good of go. Start, but... That would be a good start. If you think, okay, well, I'm going to not believe what I've seen on all of the major news channels. Come up with something else, and de- decry what they have said, and call it a false flag, and then offer no explanation to what end. That why if it's a false flag, why? Yeah, what, I'm not clear on purpose? that at all. No, I'm not sure he's ever kind of actually said why he or no, not not why, but what he thinks the purpose of it would have been. Mm. Um, sometimes conspiracy theorists who claim that shootings are false flags mm-hmm. say it's to give the government an excuse to take your guns away. Right, um, and. Every yep. single time that doesn't happen, <laughs> yeah, it hasn't yep. ever ever happened. So, I, I they still keep claiming it though. Uh, so I wouldn't be that surprised if if that was part of his reasoning, or even maybe may have been something he said. But um, beyond that, I don't I don't know what the the purpose would be, and I don't think uh, it's been made very clear. But um, yeah, it's just kind of. I mean, it's the conspiracy theorist mindset, isn't it? It's starting mm. from the point of that whatever it is you're told, whatever the main narrative yeah. is, uh, that's not true. It, Therefore, yeah. anything else is more likely somehow yeah. than, than the it, stuff that there's all the evidence for. And if it's something that he himself has made up, I mean, did, did, is he perpetuating other conspiracy theories or is he he's saying he is? Or did he just make stuff up and become the source of... The conspiracy theory, because we come across this reading the Q book all about oh, yeah. the yeah, Sandy yeah. Hook stuff, and I mean, there's a, there's there's various other people who who have claimed it. There was a couple of people who wrote a book called Nobody Died at Sandy Hook, um, right, who right. who also lost a defamation <laughs> case. Right. Um, yeah. I don't know which came first though. I don't know if it if it was that he read something and then thought, yeah, that sounds plausible enough yeah. to to shout about it on my TV show. Either way, it was obvious that it was going to cause problems for people by saying something yeah. like that. Um, yeah. And it did cause significant problems in that Jones's followers um, made death threats against the, the parents. Um, um, in many cases, they had to move uh, repeatedly. In, and yeah. and um, basically, I mean... <sighs> I, I would have I wanted to say ruin their lives, but their children mm. had already been killed. So yeah, yeah. Kind of destroyed part of what was left of their lives at yeah. that point. Yeah. Just it's the most horrific thing that can happen to someone. Um yeah. and and then to pile on with that and make it worse, if that's even mm. possible, is just mm. Whether it was because he genuinely believed it at the time or because he wanted to get viewers for his show who could then buy his vitamin supplements and whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whatever yeah. the reason I mean, was, it's, yeah. you know, yeah, he deserves absolutely everything he gets now. Mm. I mean, it, it is perfect. It, it's kind of his shock jock fodder, isn't it, to to kind of dismiss these events as though... They were government created things to distract you from something else, 
and totally ignore the reality of the people that have been affected and the the little people as it were you know he's kind of up here talking about grand conspiracy theories but there are real people being affected in reality it's a bit like the the, you know the pizzagate stuff when the guy turns up at the pizza shop with a rifle to rescue people out of the basement that doesn't exist and it's when it's, it's when there are real things happening in real life with real people you can't just you can't toy with that for the sake of your own ratings and you know that we've seen that in the the our the UK government's response to the pandemic they've done that they've they've put in place self-aggrandizing schemes to financially improve the well-being of their friends and themselves which have been discovered in recent reports and forget about the actual going and the the there's a um a society or a community of people who have had relatives that have died of covid who are seeking or an audience with and you know just a chance to tell their story their side of the story to express their dismay at what the government has done to the prime minister and the prime minister has, has fobbed them off for 14 months yeah and just just because there's that thing that if you 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 get the sense that you operate at a higher level above all this stuff and you're just doing and and you can't be bothered with that and don't bring that to me because it's it's not the time now and this there are greater things at stake which is you know Alex Jones Alex Jones's position is you know there are grand conspiracy things at stake here well no there aren't that's just all in your head and being I suspect that's part of the reason that he hasn't provided this stuff for the court because otherwise he'd have to turn up at court and see the reality that he's been denying for entertainment purposes. Mm. And I mean, the the initial lawsuit uh, that was filed by by these two parents uh, was in 2018. Mm-hmm. It, he may have stopped since then saying this kind of stuff about Sandy Hook, but it hasn't mm. tempered his passion for bullshit. He's yeah. been saying... Yeah. All kinds yeah. of other stuff, and and in almost all cases, those things that he's saying also involve real people who are yeah. harmed by the stuff yeah. he's saying on a daily basis. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, he's lost uh, his um, kind of platforms on on various kind of types of social media and YouTube and things like that. But he's still mm. got the Infowars website and still does. I mean, I think he still does daily shows on it. Um, right. And and it's still the same kind of yelly conspiracy bullshit. Yeah. So yeah, th- something. You know, this kind of ruling, um, and hopefully there will be a jury that awards the the parents a lot of money from him. Mm. Um, something like this needs to happen to send him a message at the very least, because he's been yeah. just dragging it out. That's the thing with the the lack of. Um, uh, discovery that he's been giving to the court has just been, and I don't know what his goal end goal was because he can't can't have thought it was going to go on forever. Yeah, or but, they would just go, oh yeah, forget it, case is yeah. Um, they would just yeah. I mean, the the judge wrote 
in the ruling, um, the court finds that defendant's discovery conduct in this case is the result of flagrant bad faith and callous disregard for the responsibilities of discovery under the rule. Which, yeah, abs- they've absolutely just ignored the fact that they need to produce stuff. And yeah. and his lawyers um, kind of, they, they said that the trial court's entry of a default in these cases is stunning. They're completely shocked that after months of not giving them the documents they, yeah. they wanted, they've, that, now that they've now had a judgment against them. <laughs> yeah. he, he said um, it's a 100% unconstitutional Democrat judge. He says it takes no account of the tens of thousands of documents produced by the defendants, the hours spent sitting for depositions and the various sworn statements filed in these cases. No, of course it fucking doesn't, because that's not what was being requested of them. They've Yeah. You can't say, well, we gave you some of the stuff you wanted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then but expect the to get away with not giving you the rest of it. <laughs> the rest of the stuff that you want. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. We will we'll keep an eye on it, but hopefully uh there will be a, a jury impaneled quite quickly and they will they will rule that he owes an enormous amount of money. Yeah, and it's gotta be sufficient to kind of stop him in his tracks. It's got to stop him being able to continue or put put a large dent in it and send a message to other people that are hawking rubbish. Yeah. I mean to his own, just his legal their own ends at the alone yeah must have yeah i I found there's an article from 2019 from november 2019 Mm -hmm. which said he's on his seventh lawyer in this in this case in this like (laughs) um, defamation case yeah so yeah we're now you know two years on from that god knows how many he's got through but maybe they're leaving because he doesn't pay him i don't know like trump that could be it but but the costs are mounting up surely and hopefully the uh penalties will too and finally, some things we really don't have time to talk about. We try to avoid committing fallacies ourselves on the podcast, but one of the hardest to avoid is the reductio ad Hitlerum, because Republicans will keep being all, well, Hitlery. The latest example comes from a school administrator in South Lake, Texas, who was trying to help teachers navigate new guidelines about what books to allow in their classrooms. The guidelines had to be changed thanks to HB 3979, a Texas law designed to combat the evils of critical race theory by not allowing teachers to choose a side on controversial issues like, is there racism? Mm-hmm. The administrator therefore told the assembled teachers to, quote, make sure that if you have a book on the Holocaust, that you have one that has opposing perspectives. The school district has since apologised and acknowledged that the Holocaust is not a two-sides kind of issue, but the fact you can see why they thought this was what the legislature was going for is pretty fucking horrifying. Meanwhile, GOP Georgia Senate candidate and former NFL player Herschel Walker has cancelled a fundraiser after someone pointed out that the event's host was using a literal swastika as their social media avatar. But not before his spokesperson tried to defend it by pointing out that the swastika was made up of syringes and said, quote, this is clearly an anti-mandatory vaccination graphic. Mm. Oh, so they're a Nazi and an anti-vaxxer. Oh, well, that's much fucking better then. <laughs> Just when you thought that Republicans have enough problems dealing with the real world, Arizona Senator Wendy Rogers tweeted in a don't bother doing any research, knee jerky, coffee through the nose, spluttering kind of way as DC Comics timed a revelation on National Coming Out Day that Superman loves Lewis Lane, period. Hollywood is trying to make Superman gay and he's not. 
not unusually wrong on many levels, Wendy A. confused Hollywood with a comic book publishing company. Two, Clark Kent with his son, John Kent, formerly Superboy, now grown up. And also C, that Lewis Lane was actually a woman called Lois Lane. Wendy's apparently joining in with other outings greater than those of DC's intention. Super fans were also a bit confused because they all knew that actually Connell, a.k.a. Connor Kent, the cloned offspring of Clark Kent and Lex Luthor, is the gay one. As Goblin Boy says on Twitter, Connell did not wear that leather jacket and the gay earring to the Young Justice just for Tom Taylor to say that someone else is going to be the first gay in Superman. Don't worry, Mr. Connell, I saw your gay earring. So perhaps Wendy Rogers is just one of the many fans pointing out that the DC chose the wrong Superboy to come out as bisexual. Not in the sense that John Kent is necessarily a bad choice, but it's an amusing decision in context. Connell is widely interpreted as a queer-coded character, whereas John Kent, well, isn't. Republicans will go to great lengths to claim climate change is either not happening, not caused by people, or not a big deal. Like Trump's supporting state legislative candidate for Virginia, Scott Pio, who recently tweeted, I'm curious, do you think the sea level would lower if we just took all the boats out of the water? When Democratic group Blue Virginia pointed out this was the stupidest fucking thing they'd heard all year, he doubled down, saying, When you take things out of bathwater, the bathwater decreases, does it not? Got a lot of hate from your group for asking a question about taking things out of the water. Curious when you stopped believing in pure physics. I guess you don't believe in science experiments. It's kind of hard to know where to start. I mean, even if it helped, what the fuck would you do with all the boats? And how would we do all the stuff we usually use boats for? And does Scott think the sea is as full of boats as his bath is full of bath toys and stupid Republicans? Fortunately, I don't have to do the math since nerd guru Randall Monroe has already figured it out and shown his working. It turns out that if you took all the boats in the world out of the water at once, the sea level would drop by six microns. Wow. That's the width of a single strand of spider web. And since the sea levels are rising 3.3 millimetres a year due to climate change, it would be back up to its original level 16 hours later. So we probably shouldn't bother. Kung Fu opera singer, son of a pig farmer, former admin of 4chan and 8chan, and definitely not Q, nope, never heard of him, honestly, forget I even mentioned it, Ron Watkins, yes, it's him, is running for senator in the selfsame crazy state of Arizona. You know, the one where Biden just won again with an increased majority after the third count. I suspect that Ron is a little miffed that his immense following when he was definitely not, no, not me, anonymously posting as Q, disappeared when he started peddling the same whack job conspiracy theories as just plain old Ron. So he's having a go in the only place that apparently will take him seriously. And yet he appears to have gone all mainstream, posting a video taped outside the offices of Arizona Attorney General saying, we must now take this fight to Washington, D.C. and vote out all the dirty Democrats who've stolen our republic. We must fix our elections from inside the machine. Ironic, given that the machines that registered Biden's wins were all completely broken by the right wing investigating the election. Hey, with radically ordinary democracy-based ideas like that, Ron, you might just stand no chance whatsoever. <laughs> the Senate finally reached enough of an agreement to raise the debt ceiling for another six weeks, allowing the government to keep functioning and America to avoid defaulting on its loans. Only 11 Republicans were in favour of that, with the rest hoping Democrats would be forced to do it themselves through reconciliation, so that the GOP could point at them and say they were to blame for the massive deficits that are largely due to Trump's tax cuts. 
One Republican who was particularly upset that his party leaders caved was Ted Cruz, who made an impassioned speech in which, within just a few minutes, he likened the negotiation to a staring contest, a poker hand and a game of chicken, the result of which he described like this. In the game of chicken, Chuck Schumer won this game of chicken. As two trucks drove towards each other on a country road, one or the other was going to turn or you were going to have a lot of dead chickens. <laughs> How the fuck does Ted Cruz think you play chicken? <laughs> it's not, not a truck, truck full, full of chickens. Of chickens. That does you... he, was he like, <laughs> what the fuck? Was he watching Mad Max and like turned it off thinking, no, I, I can't see that many dead chickens. I have to not watch this. What the fuck? You're thinking, where has he got all the chickens in that car? Yeah, in that in that blown Holden or whatever it is. Where is he chucking all the chickens? What the... Brilliant. Rather predictably this week, the House of Representatives Committee on Oversight and Reform said that the documents provided by the General Services Administration, the GSA, which oversees federal spending, showed that Mr Trump had grossly exaggerated the financial health of the Trump International Hotel. I'm shocked. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, the one he opened down the road from the White House a few weeks after getting the nomination from the Republican Party, hoping to cash in, no doubt. It turns out the hotel lost $70 million during his term in office and not the $150 million profit he declared. Shouldn't bother Trump, of course. Being the legit president he was, he gave up all controlling interest in it. Yeah, but it appears the hotel also received some $3.7 million from foreign governments. That's enough for 20 years' worth of room bookings and significant financial benefit from Deutsche Bank, which the report says allowed Trump to delay making payments on $170 million worth of loan for six years, and which benefit from a foreign bank he did not publicly disclose whilst President Natch and that the plan to put it in trust to the Trump boys didn't meet the standards of former presidents. Predictably, too, the Trump organisation called the report intentionally misleading, irresponsible and unequivocally false, and described it as political harassment. No doubt they can't wait to get shot of the albatross of the hotel, but no one's interested despite it being on sale since 2019. Haunted Poison Chalice Overlook Hotel, anyone? Southwest Airlines had some trouble last weekend and ended up having to cancel over 2,000 flights. But there's some disagreement on why. Southwest themselves say it was a combination of weather and air traffic control issues, but Don Jr., Ted Cruz, Tucker Carlson and others are confident that the cancellations were due to thousands of Southwest pilots going on strike to protest against vaccine mandates. The lack of any evidence for this made about as much difference as you might expect, as did the head of the pilots' union repeatedly refuting it on every channel, including Fox News. If there was still any doubt, how about the fact that things at Southwest are largely back to normal despite the airline officially telling Governor Greg Abbott where to shove his ban on private companies in Texas from mandating vaccination for employees? Trump Sr., meanwhile, had another theory on the cancelled flights. He's pretty sure it's to do with him. He told radio host Howie Carr, I think it has to do with a lot of things. I think it has something to do with the election that was rigged. I think these are big fans of your favourite president, Howie. I think that this has something to do with that. <laughs> Christ, what a narcissistic arsehole. <laughs> if it's not airplane safety increasing under him, it's uh -huh. you know, airplane cancellations happening because of him. Cause, yeah, because they're upset about the election yeah. from 11 months ago. <laughs> yeah, and, and they haven't forgotten him at all, like the rest of us are trying to.
In British politics this week, Brexit Minister David Frost is still playing hardball with the EU, demanding that they're a little bit more flexible with the notion that they entirely rewrite the terms of the agreement with the UK, which he wrote and then got them to agree with in 2019. Naturally, they're a little bit confused, as were the UN when they appointed Matt Hancock as envoy to help Africa's economy recover from Covid. Amply qualified in helping friends of his recover economically from COVID, he thought he was a shoo-in, despite the absolute incandescent backlash from every sentient being on Earth. The news of his appointment broke on the same day as scathing report into how the government made a complete balls-up of responding to the pandemic, which led to thousands of lives being lost. And now it turns out the UN appointment is not being taken forward. This is all because of some rule Hancock now says has come to light that prevents him from taking the job while an MP. I don't know what I find more incredulous, that we have no idea what the rule is, other than the rule not to give a fucking murderous, incompetent, money and assistant grabbing narcissist a second chance, or that he's apparently taking notice of an unannounced rule when he couldn't give a flying fuck about following any rules hitherto. What were the UN thinking? Did they just, like, see his CV yeah. and it said, I was in charge of I COVID did health. for a large Western yeah, nation? Yeah, I did, did and, some health. And they didn't look into it at all? At all, yeah, <laughs> quite. I just go, oh, yeah, you could go help Africa recover, <sighs> couldn't you? You're good at that. Yeah, you did, you've done COVID, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. putting Mike Pence in charge of... Oh, no, wait, never mind. <laughs> <sighs> so... That's all the bad arguments and faulty reasoning we have time for this week. You'll find the show notes at fallaciousTrump.com and if you hear Trump say something stupid and want to ask if it's a fallacy, our contact details are on the contact page. If you think we use the fallacy ourselves, let us know. And if you've had a good time, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can support the show at patreon.com slash ftrump. Just like our strawman level patrons Kaz Tui, Stephen Bickle, Schmutz, Mark Reiki and Amber R. Buchanan. And our true Scotsman-level patrons, Max Beaver, thanks for the pledge edit, Max. And our top patron, Lauren. Thanks for your support, everyone. It's really appreciated. You can connect with those awesome people as well as us and other listeners in the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Fallacious Trump. All music is by the Outburst and was used with permission. So until next time on Fallacious Trump, we'll leave the last word to the Donald. That's right. Go home to mommy. Bye. Bye.